This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. This is Small Biz Spotlight, featuring up-close interviews with small business leaders and entrepreneurs across America. And now, here's your host, David Wolf. Our guest on this segment is Rick Hobson. He's the owner of Albuquerque-based Jericho Nursery. These guys can handle just about anything you need when it comes to the universe of flowers, plants, gardening, and the like. Rick, great to have you. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, first of all, a question. How long have you been in this business? <laughs> it's a good starting question. You think <laughs> I would have paid you. thought you'd love that. I grew up in this business. Wow. My first memory of a job was five years old, pulling a little red wagon around, collecting Coke bottles for the biggest nursery in the state of New Mexico. The Coke bottles were worth 10 cents. And it was my job to bring them back to the Coke machine before I was in grade school and I got a nickel. Oh, my goodness. I didn't spend my adult life in this business. I grew up literally in the business. And so you are, at the core, an entrepreneurial guy. Now, Jericho itself, tell us how long you've been in business operating here. I've been in business nine years. I opened it in October of 2005, and I had worked for my previous employer for 25 years, and my father had worked there for 35 years before me. That's why I say I grew up in that industry. When that business closed, it afforded me the opportunity to open my own shop. People, so I opened in October. I left my previous employer on a Friday afternoon. My at the time girlfriend, who is now my wife, was in Las Vegas, and I called her and I said, "I left the company today." And she said, "Really? What are you doing?" I said, "I'm opening my business." And she said, "When?" And I said, "Tomorrow." So I left my previous employer Friday afternoon about two o'clock. I called a couple of suppliers. I had a property kind of secured. Mm-hmm. Uh, I called the landlord and I said, I want the key. He gave me the key and I opened my business Saturday morning the day after I left. Now, the business you're in, Rick, the, the nursery business, the flower, uh, I guess it extends into landscaping and all things plant related. I mean, this is highly specialized. So you're 25 years of doing this. I mean, you've got knowledge capital that most of us don't have. What's your approach to the product knowledge part of this? I mean, there's a whole lot of reasons people come into your store. Give us a sense of, of how you approach solving their problems. You guys are going to hear this commercial if you haven't already heard, heard the commercial running up to this interview. Uh, And I base my business on four main characters, quality, selection, service, and knowledge. And I have the best knowledge base in town, and I don't mean to sound arrogant or proud, but I have people that worked 
had every nursery name one, and they work for me. And I have some of the best of the best. I have people that are much smarter than I am working for me. I love what I do, and I love how I do it. But I think the edge in our business, when I say quality, selection, service, and knowledge, mm-hmm. if you're going into an independent garden center in Albuquerque and they don't have those four things, you're in the wrong place. I mean, all of us should be able to offer you quality, selection, knowledge. I think where I try and exceed and be better than the rest is in service. Exactly. People want to come in. They want to feel, first of all, loved, attended to. And then, of course, you solve the substantive problem that they come in for. Now, do you also serve uh, what I'll call the B2B sector of the, call it the landscaping part of the industry? I do. There's a big player in town, and he's got deep pockets, and so there's a lot more there. I I am happy to serve the landscaper. We give a contractor's discount for those people if they're on file with us. Uh, I serve a few of those people, and those people that come here and get, and I'm glad we're using the word served, those people that get serviced come back. You know, once I get them in the door, and I, again, it sounds a little proud and arrogant, I use pride and humility in the same phrase because I am extremely proud and extremely humbled by what our company has been able to achieve. Mm. Uh, we, it's phenomenal what happens here. People come in and say, I have never received service like this. And I've done commercials that talk about, remember the old-fashioned full-service gas station? Remember the guy with the star in his <laughs> The car right. wheels out to the car, check the oil right. and the air pressure and wash your windows. Really, that's, and I'm only 50, old school to me is that kind of service, and it's so foreign, Dave, it shocks me, because we use a few phrases around here, and I'll give a couple of them in the interview that are, hey, when he says that, he's trying to sell you, but I believe in what I'm trying to sell you. How many bags of compost do you need with that? It's not... Do you need compost? Yes, you need compost. Right. How many do you need? Do you want a pint or quart of root stimulator? So those are the sales pitches. But the service pitch is, let me carry this to the car for you. Not can I help you. Let me do it for you. We're going to do it. Service is not an option. We hire kids that stand at the register to carry stuff to people's car. That's their job. Both my sons work here. There's, I heard my 15-year-old. who's a little quiet. I love it. Say to a lady yesterday, can I help you? And she's like, well, no, I'm okay. He said, it's my job. <laughs> I love it. She said, oh, well, okay, then you can help me. He learned from the best of them. And, you know, there, there's quite an educational component to this. And trust me, I know nothing about the world you live in in terms of the products that you sell and, yeah. and your expertise. It's just not, I'm not a green thumb. But, I mean, this is really an educative thing when folks come in and want to be served, isn't it? It is. It is very, and it's very important because I, I'm not saying that knowledge is important. It is. Service is where I want to kind of cut out my path or my trough. But when do you average less frosting? Same silence, right? You don't, you don't know. I exactly. Know. It's, April 7, it's, it's April 17th. When's the last known frost date? May 10th. What can I plant before that? Lettuce, peas, broccoli, cool crops. What mm. can't I plant? You can't plant basil. You don't want to plant tomatoes or peppers. This is all stuff I'm rattling off the top of my head. I have a couple of radio programs. You can call me and ask me gardening questions. That's right. I've been asked, I, I where's your database? And I'm like in between my ears. 
Yeah, you're not looking at a computer screen when you do this. You're really talking to a guy that's, as you say, you lived and breathed the business for more than 25 years now. Now you've got your own family coming into it. It's quite extraordinary. And that kind of depth, plus you've got employees. And I would imagine that, you know, they're learning from the best of the best. That means you uh, as they roll, right? Well, I appreciate that. But I do have people that are, my wife is smarter than me. I got a guy that works at our Alameda store, Valentino Lopez. He's smarter than me. These guys are plant geeks. Uh, they grow stuff I wouldn't even try to grow. I've got a guy that used to run Rio Rancho Garden Center or Purple Sage, the new yeah. building I'm in now. He he works for me. I've got four or five of, of the, a couple other nurseries best working for me. Mm-hmm. So what's really cool is this is 2014. I don't ha- I didn't, and I hope that I have to. I haven't hired a rookie yet this year. Everybody coming back to work, including the teenagers, worked for me last year. Nice. So it's a, got a real pool. There's this magnet that says, we want to be part of the best. I am glad to say I am just part of that. Well, sure. If you can grow a business that people really want to be a part of it, it's something larger than them. It's larger than, quote, a paycheck. Then you've yep. really created a culture of business that uh, you know is inviting your customers as they come through the door and are you know served, as we're saying here. When you decided to open the second location, did that change the mix for you as a business owner? Talk to us a little bit. From the, We have a lot of entrepreneurs listening this morning. Talk to us a little bit about the growth and how you managed through that. You know, I've had up to five locations, but the other locations besides my main location on Alameda have always been in somebody else's business. I was in a feed store. Yeah. I was in a pottery yard. I was in this guy's business. I was in that guy's business. And when this building on Osuna became available, we moved in. As an entrepreneur, I have to say, I love it. I love the growth of it. I love the excitement of it. I don't know if I'm bragging. I'm surely not complaining. Three springs ago, I took seven days off between January and June. Yeah. Yeah. Last year, it was four because we opened a new store, and the new store required me and my wife to be here 24-7. Our other store, thankfully, had the seasoned veteran crew, and had they not, I don't know if they would have survived because we were never there. Right, exactly. You were essentially, at least for that period of time, somewhat absentee from the ongoing, and you got to have people you can trust that you know can hold it up and do it as well or better than you, right? And they did, and they yeah. did a great job. Now, what we're oh, trying so cool. to do this year is get back over there, and because there's a difference at the ownership level that... You know, you eat it, you breathe it, you live it. And it's more than just me. I want this place to succeed for the people that work for me as well as for myself. That's exactly right. It takes that uh, that kind of idea, philosophy to grow a sustainable business. Anything from the business or entrepreneurial perspective that you've learned or mistakes you've made that you can share sort of in a peer-to-peer way? You know, something that you've learned that you've had a takeaway around that you'd like to share. Don't buy property without getting it appraised. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. And that's still yet to be determined. But I bought my Alameda piece of property on a land contract. Yeah. And that was before the economy tanked. And we're going to pray and hope that that all works out okay. So just the due diligence on that particular acquisition was you, you jumped in without complete and thorough due diligence. So a caution yep. to business owners as they look at owning real estate, uh, make sure that you know what you're buying and you're buying it right. Of course, you can't predict yeah, the, the future. No, you can't. And I'm still, you know, I'm still looking to expand and grow. But right now I'm in a hold pattern. My wife says, why don't we open up on the west side? Yeah. And because I'm in kind of upside down over at Alameda, it, it stifled me a little. It's, it's, for the first time in nine years, I went, ah! 
caution. Yeah. And I've been ball. I've been just crazy run. Go 110. Let's go. And the caution now is due diligence. Are you ready? Are you prepared? Don't spread yourself so thin. That now you're belly up. Well, you're talking about something that most entrepreneurs have. Michael Gerber likes to call it the entrepreneurial seizure, where you sort of you, you dive in first and then figure it out later. And I think we need yeah. a little bit of that in order to do the work we do. Building a business, building anything, does require that you kind of jump in. How do I say fearlessly? But yeah, uh, oh, I, I fully agree. I'm, and you know, I wouldn't be where I that's am right. if I hadn't done that. That's right. What is it? Jump off the cliff, cliff, and ask how to make the plane on the way down, or look for a shooter and she jumped out of the plane. Right. I think that part of our growth, beside the God thing, is not shrinking back. I've gone big. Go big or go home. I know it's cliche, but if you can't hang with the big dogs, go sleep on the porch. The companies I see successful and survived through 2008 didn't shrink. Maybe they were a little cautious. Maybe they made some smart business decisions, but they were still out there in your face, so we are. I mean, you cannot be afraid to market during the down times. In fact, that may actually be the time that you should be thinking more about marketing creatively. You may not have the budget, but you need to kind of put yourself out in front of folks. So when the economy bounces back, they're ready for you, right? You know, I've told people and I've helped people because our industry is small enough that I am willing to share with most anybody in town. And I've, and I've helped other nurseries saying, You've got to advertise, and I fully agree with you. Really, probably the time to advertise is when you think you can't afford it. When everything's going gangbusters, to throw 5% of your money at an ad budget's easy. It's there. It's when you don't have the 5%. Right. That ad budget still needs to be part of what you're doing. You don't shrink away. I was in some of these companies I was involved with before. I'm like, you need to advertise. Well, we send out an email every week. I said to the same people that have been here for 10 years, that customer goes away. They change. Who's the new one? Who's the new person coming through the door? Who hasn't heard of you that you're trying to get? You're not doing that with email. That's to your base. You've got to expand your base, and your base is TV, radio. I don't know that newsprint's working anymore, but mass media, social media. If you're not out there, and we're such an instant society now, my advertising budget is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and maybe Wednesday. I'm not advertising on Monday and Tuesday. Why? Because by Saturday, they forgot. Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday morning. That's when I'm on TV. We're visiting with Rick Hobson. He's the owner, and I guess you're the CEO, right, Rick, of uh, Jericho Nursery, the website, www.jerichonursery, just like it sounds, .com. And uh, two locations today, one on 101 Alameda Northwest, uh, the number there, 505-899-7555. And then over on Pan America Freeway Northeast, 6921 Pan American Freeway. And uh, that's also, of course, in Albuquerque at 505-508-5059. Is the business seasonal? I got to believe there's some seasonality, certainly in terms of species. But I mean, is it up and down too? Oh my gosh, David, it's so up and down. It's hard. (laughs) It's hard just to maintain it. I mean, we don't do in January what I do on a busy day in April carry the staff through January because really it would be more cost effective for me to close. But building a team that enhances lives doesn't say 
I can't afford to pay you in that's January. That's right. That's right. It's that so weird balance. It's awful. It's it's January is like how do you make money? It's so seasonal that half of our money is made in three or four months, and it's the next two months. April and May are it. We spike in April. Mother's Day it drops off as fast as it came, and then you hope to maintain June, July, and August. You come back a little bit in the fall, and you have a little bit of a Christmas rush. Yeah, that's it. You know, I've been in the bakery business myself, and uh, we've dealt with a perishable product. I mean, you are dealing in a very real way with a perishable product, right? I mean, very much. You've so. got refrigerators Grocery and store, you know. bakery, all of that. Yeah, it has to be watered. It has to be taken care of. It does get bugs. It can't freeze in a pot. I mean, all of those things about produce. It's very perishable. It looks best the day it comes out the truck. Uh, we know what we're doing. We take care of it. It's still, we're not growers. We don't have facilities of growing and automated louvers that open and cool it off and right. humidity and all that. It right. comes to the yard. It has to set here. Like today, it's blowing 30, 40 miles an hour. It's got to take that. That takes a beating out of it. But that hardening off then makes it easier and better to go into your yard. So we intentionally kind of harden things off that we're bringing in or out of warmer or nicer climates than we have. Sure. So we can say to you, this is this is going to do fine in your yard. It's been here a week, a month, six weeks. We've It's ready. And I'm guessing the product comes from a variety of growers and places, right? Nationwide, yep. Everything from Florida to Oregon, California, Texas, uh, Colorado, as much locally as I can do, but New Mexico is a very difficult place to grow. I've got, like most of my bedding plants and flowering stuff, as much as I can support local because I'm local, I do. But very few people are growing shrubbery in New Mexico because it's tough. Yeah, so you have to bring it in. You do, yeah, yeah. And bravo to you. I mean, you're supporting to the extent you can, but there are certain limitations around that idea. So I Yeah, get, as best I, get I can. I, I want to support the locals. Well, I love the philosophy of how you're doing this. You've built a culture and a business, a sustainable business model. You're more than nine years in. Jericho Nursery is the company. 101 Alameda Northwest, 899-7555 or 6921 Pan American Freeway Northwest at uh, 508-5059. The website, www.jerichonursery.com. Rick, thanks so much for joining us in the program. A pleasure to have you. David, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. You've been listening to Small Biz Spotlight, up-close interviews with small business leaders and entrepreneurs across America. For more information about our guests or to subscribe, visit smallbizamerica.com. Small Biz America. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.